Today is a, a celebration, and, and what sort of celebration can't involve or, or doesn't involve some sort of, of fun? And so I'm going to invite all the kids to come up and join me. I'm going to invite all of the kids to come up and join me up front. Alex, I see you. You can come on up, bud. You don't want to. It's good. You're good out there. I'm gonna, and I'm going to invite us all to actually stand up. So I'm going to invite all the kids to come forward, and I'm going to invite everybody else to stand up. Because when I go to celebrations, when I go to parties, um, there's some dancing involved. And we, we, need, we need to kind of loosen up. I know we're at church, but it's okay. I promise. So we're going to do the holy hokey pokey. The, the, you know the hokey pokey, right? If, if you're able, of, of course. Um, so you guys all know the hokey pokey? Do you know the hokey pokey? Okay, well, can, come and stand right up here. Come and stand right on this first stair. We're not going to knock over the communion, I promise. All right, we ready? We're going to lead the entire church in the hokey pokey. You think you guys can do that? So how does it start? You, you put your right arm in. You put your right arm out. You put your right arm in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. You put your left arm in, you put your left arm out. You put your left arm in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Right leg. You put your right leg in. You put your right leg out. You put your right leg in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Left leg. You put your left leg in. You put your left leg out. You put your left leg in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Whole self. You put self in. You put your whole self out. You put your whole self in and you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Good job, guys. You all can go back and find your, your parents or grandparents. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down yet, but you all can go back and find where you're... So, so we are celebrating 51 years, so I'm a little curious with how long each of us have been a part of WPC, however you want to define part of WPC. We heard from our three charter members, but we have other folks who have been a part of this congregation for a long time. So... If you have been part of WPC for less than two years, you can be seated. If you have been a part of WPC for less than ten years, you can be seated. Wow, a lot of y'all have been around for a long time. If you have been a part of WPC for less than twenty years, you can sit down. If you have been a part of WPC for... 30 years, you can go ahead and sit down. 30 years. 40 years. 40 years or less. Wow. Can we give these long time folks? And less than 50 years, everybody else can be seated. Our charter members should be the only ones standing, but thank you all. You all may be seated. You all may be seated. 
And this morning, as we celebrate 51 years of, of God's faithfulness to our, our family, we are also welcoming seven new members to our family. And you can see them up there, Ralph and Marvella Carmichael, Scott and Sharon McBee, Richard and Laurel Smith, and Jim Tebow. If you're here, new members, would you mind, would you mind standing just for a, a second? Some of them aren't here, but some of them are here. And so I invite you all to... To find them out on the grass after church of the courtyard, you can go ahead and be seated, um, and greet them and said, say, say hello. They met with Session earlier this morning and were, were kind of asked, remember, Session invites or receives people in the membership, and then our role as a church is to welcome them with open arms and say, hey, we are glad that you are here. So last year, the, the whole reason we're doing this 51 years or celebrating 50 wonderful years of, of ministry here is because last year um, we were supposed to celebrate our 50th and we didn't do so because of the fires and the borderline tragedy. And leading up to that, I asked some of our, our former pastors, some of our, our, our former folks who were influential here to share some words about WPC. You heard the ones from Bob and Carol Boss as you walked in. Um, Pastor Steve Miller sent his greetings from Orange County and mentioned how special it was to have a place for his kids, Josh and Hannah, to go through their high school years. Pastor Jennifer Witten remembered what it was like to bring her two-year-old and newborn to their first Beth X. And those, their kids are now 14 and 16 and a part of our youth programs. Rob Douglas mentioned how grateful he was to be raised in this community and then launched into ministry with Lightshine. And Pastor Dick Thompson talked about casting vision with Don Boardman, Elmer Orloff, John Ritchie, and Bob Michonne. Michonne. He wrote, I'm grateful for the many stories of faithfulness and for so many who participated, most especially those who have since joined the great cloud of witnesses who now cheer us on to have the courage necessary to trust and follow Christ. So over the last few Sundays, we've been talking through what it means to be a community that establishes deep roots with a wide reach. And I think if you look at our, our history as a church, we have 51 years of people doing just that. 51 years of, of people giving of their time, their talent, and their treasure to, to build this church into what it is today. And as we, f- we focus uh, on what it looks like to be good stewards of our time this morning, uh, our second scripture comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And the first part of Ephesians 5 is the Apostle Paul is, is contrasting what it looks like to live in the light or to live in the darkness. And then when we get to verse 15, he writes this, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. As you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves, singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts, giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, this next year, my wife Haley and I will be celebrating a significant anniversary, not quite 51 years, but we'll be celebrating our, our 15th anniversary, and uh, we're, we're looking forward to doing something. We don't know exactly what we're going to do to celebrate, but I'll, I'll never forget what life was like 15 years ago from now as we were leading up to our, our, our marriage. Um, Haley was finishing up college at, at Whitworth in Spokane. Uh, I was starting seminary and was working as a high school director as a church. And it was chaotic. We're trying to plan a wedding, living in different different places. And I remember thinking, gosh, 
If we can just get to June 12th, I remembered my anniversary date. (laughs) Thanks. If we can just get to June 12th, then, then, then we'll get our life in order. A few years later, she was working as a teacher and finishing her master's degree. I was working at a different church and I had about a year left of seminary. And I remember thinking, if we can just make it till we're both done with school, then, then we're going to get our life in order. Then many of you know, we spent a year in Malawi. I was ordained as a pastor. We put all of our belongings into a 20 by 20 storage unit. I said, oh, we'll, we'll take some time to kind of experience this together before we have kids. But, but when we get back, then, then we're going to get our life in order. We moved back to the U.S., started serving as an associate pastor. Ella, our oldest, was born, and all of the chaos before our marriage was put into perspective. <laughs> and we found ourselves thinking, if we can just get through this first year of raising a child, then, then... We'll get our life in order. By the time our son Thomas was born, we thought we had parenting nailed down. But raising two kids is different than one. I started working on my doctoral studies right before he was born, and I just figured, you know what? It'll be hard for a bit, but once we get these crazy few years behind us, then then we'll get our life in order. You, You know how this goes. Then Piper came. We would have learned to just, you would think we would have learned to just embrace the chaos And maybe we have a bit. But it is so easy to fall into that trap of kind of putting that one thing out there and thinking, hey, if we just get to fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, then, then, then we'll start managing our time. Well, anyone else ever fall into that trap or am I alone? Thanks for making me feel a little better. In the passage that John read from Ecclesiastes earlier, the the writer's reflecting on on kind of the different seasons of life right before we get to what John read. There's there's a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to harvest. And then in the middle of each season, as we read, God is on the move. God is moving in ways that we can't always see. When we talk about being good stewards of our time, and our time really is a gift that God has given us, Paul writes this, he says, be careful how you live. Be careful how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time. Making the most of your time. In other words, be intentional with your time. Don't wait for tomorrow when you've been given the gift of today. When you've been given the gift of today. And then he gives the Ephesians and us really three different ways that we can be intentional or or be good stewards with our time. First, he, he writes to, to not be drunk on wine, but to be filled with the Spirit. And some of you are thinking, Dave, you're talking about time. Why are you talking about this? But but he's contrasting carelessness, allowing yourself to drink enough to the point of being drunk with being intentional. Carelessness with with being intentional. Right after Pentecost, the, the moment where the apostles share the good news about Jesus, some of the crowds are confused and they say, those apostles, they're speaking crazy. They, they, they must have had too much to drink. And, and Peter stands up and says, well, no, 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 hold on. We're, we're, we're not drunk. It's only 9 a.m. Listen, listen carefully. And then he explains what was taking place. 
Again, chaos and, and order. Carelessness and being intentional. Being filled with the Spirit, as the apostles were, took intentionality. There was purpose behind it. So the first step to being good stewards of our time is to be filled with the Spirit. And at its core, that means we need, need to learn to not be careless. So as you look through your weekly calendar, are you intentional with your time? Time for your family. Time for your friends. Time for exercise. Are you setting aside time for work? Time for, for volunteering? Uh, a few years ago, I started keeping a, a, a daily, this is my, my quarterly calendar, and I know it's kind of thick for a quarterly calendar, right? but, but I realized, you know what, the phone wasn't working for me. I, I need to write things down because if I don't write things down, it doesn't get done. That's just, just how I'm wired. And so I, I, I keep a, a very, I mean, detailed, this is what my, my life looks like. Anyone else kind of, kind of like that? If you don't write it down, it doesn't, it doesn't get done. Throughout the Gospels, we read about how Jesus was intentional with his time. He, he wakes up early. He finds solitary time. He, he spends time with friends. He st- spends time with family. He goes to work. He attends worship. He rests. He is intentional with his time. And we should be too. For some of us, that means that we need to take some time to rest. For some of us, it needs to We need to take Sabbath seriously. For some of us, it means that we don't need another volunteering opportunity. Others of us work 70 hours a week, and that's where we spend all of our time. Some of us are in five different Bible studies and sit on three different committees. Some of you have been here at church every day this week. And if that's you, I am not offended if you get up and walk out and go home. You need a break. Are we being intentional with our time? It it also might mean looking at our calendar and realizing that we're not spending time growing every day. Or, Or we're not prioritizing being in church once a week, so we're not celebrating in worship weekly. If we want to be good stewards of our time, we have to learn to be intentional. And sometimes... Sometimes, let's be honest, that, that means when the pastor comes to ask you to do something, you just say, no, I'm good with it, not offended. But, but sometimes it also means yes, saying yes. The second step that Paul gives us for being good stewards with our time is, is learning to give thanks to God the Father for everything. How many of you have ever spent time, uh, you, you might understand this, this sort of person, you don't have to say who it is, but, but someone who's just always negative, it's just kind of always harping on, on the negative sides of things. And I, I, I don't know about you, but whenever I'm constantly around that sort of person for a significant amount of time, it, it rubs off on me. I find myself being negative around the house and just kind of being a drag to be around Now, I'm not saying that we should always have rose-colored glasses on, but when we focus on all the things we don't have or all the things that we can't do, we miss out on the blessing that God has placed in front of us for that day. So much of being thankful has to do with how we approach our, our daily life. There's a moment in the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus is preaching and he says that, you know what, don't worry about tomorrow because it's going to take care of itself. What benefit is that to you anyway? 
It's one of those moments where Jesus is preaching and I'm saying, really, easier said than done, Jesus. My guess is, by the time we're done today, by the time we're done with our worship service and our party later today, you will have worried at least about one thing that's down the road that you have no control over. And depending on the study that you read, 80 to 90% of what we worry about never actually comes into fruition. I think that's what Jesus meant when he said worrying isn't going to add a single hour to your day. Again, Jesus is talking about time. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Dave, I don't really have much to be thankful for today. Life is hard right now. And if that's where you are, I'm not telling you to ignore the difficulties to avoid pain. I am encouraging you, us, all to find something to be thankful for. And maybe it looks like, you know what, first thing in the morning, I'm going to write down something, and that's what I'm going to be thankful for for that day. And I'm going to look to that every day. Every part of the day. The last step that Paul gives for honoring God with our time comes from a, a verse that we didn't read earlier. Right at the end of the section, Paul writes, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, in most of your Bibles, you, you, you'll, you'll look at that and you'll say, well, this is actually the start of a, a new section. But we need to remember that when Paul wrote this letter to Ephesians, it was a what? I just said it. Letter. It was a letter. There weren't the headings. There weren't the paragraph breaks. This was a letter. So this is one kind of flowing thought that he has is as, as we honor God with our time, as we are good stewards with our time, a part of that is treating one another well, being subject to one another because of our reverence toward Christ. And being intentional with the way that we treat others is an important part of being good stewards of our time. So he, he spends the, the better part of the next part of the letter uh, laying out how respectful relationships look. And he talks about every important relationship of his day. And, and some in our day, spousal relationships, children with their parents, parents with their children, work relationships, both, both those you work for and those who, who work under you. In every sphere of life, we are called to treat one another in a certain way, to have a sort of respect for the other that wasn't common during Paul's day, and to be quite honest, isn't common in our world today either. So as we try to be good stewards of our time, I'm encouraging us to think about our relationships, your family, your neighbors, people you work with, a part of the way that we honor God with our time, part of the way that we steward our time is by showing the people in our lives, the people we approach, an uncommon respect. Now, if we want to be good stewards with our time, establishing deep roots in a wide reach, we, we, we have to think about being intentional. So are you intentional with your schedule? Are you intentional with your schedule? Are you intentional with giving thanks? Maybe that's finding the one thing a day to write down and give thanks about. And are you intentional with your relationships? Let's pray. Gracious God, we, we thank you for the reminder to use the time we have been given well. Help us to be a people who are, are spirit-filled, who are grateful, and who respect one another well. We pray these things in your name. Amen.